Welcome to The Truth In His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am chatting with a film photographer based in Washington, D.C. and Lagos, Nigeria, right? Um, her work has been recognized by the Pittsburgh Art Society, uh, Blackest Magazine, and the National Museum of Women in the Arts. Please welcome Lisa Brown. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's Absolutely. So thank you for coming on. Um, I think this is going to be cool. We we met uh, briefly at one of the movie things, so that was cool as well. And it's good to be able to connect and really uh, like link those dots together. So um, for the folks who are undipped, give us those vital stats. Uh, where'd you grow up? I, I heard you know how'd you get into your work, and I heard that you started taking pictures around like age seven. So is that true? Give me those those details. It is. So um, I grew up in D.C. I'm from originally all over D.C. My mom was a very nomadic person. She didn't say one particular uh, quadrant of D.C., but I mainly grew up in Southeast. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a grandfather who believed in activities and not just sports. Um, I spent a lot of my youth in the Children's Museum off of 8th Street. It used to be a lovely, beautiful Children's Museum. Um, where they taught you, you know, different things, photography, videography, dancing, um, different cultural um, of people of color, um, inventive things, science, futuristic things, computer things. Um, unfortunately, this place then turned into a condominium. Um, that's just how DC revamps itself by kind of like, you know, going through the small people first, um, start at the, where the places the children learn and they take those buildings, they turn them to other space for living and other businesses and things like that. But there is where, um, I learned, um, how to shoot film, uh, how to shoot black and white color. I didn't learn enlargements until I was in third grade. Um, but I still have those things. Like even today, I still have negatives and Polaroid pictures that I took, a lot of analog things. Um, and from there, I never, um, I never actually took a, a college photography class, to be honest with you. Um, processing my own film was something that was very important to me. And when I was young and then when I got older, you know, you start working a job, I start reaching out to other local photography places um, to process my film. And they did some things to me that really were disgusting. Sometimes they would lose my roles. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, did you come in yesterday? It was another black girl with a hair wrap. And we gave your film away. We gave your negatives away. We gave your pictures away. So I stopped doing any business with them. I said, you know, go where you appreciate it. Yeah. And I could not in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, find another black ran photography business. And I just stopped. I stopped doing business with them. And I went back to my house, got my chemicals and bust them out and start developing my own. Um, so I do all my dark room at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's quite interesting, but it's I'd rather mess up my own roles than someone else messes up and say I, I lost it. And you know they don't they don't want to take that accountability. So I take that accountability of myself. Yeah. I'm very appreciative of you know being the magic man and the shooter and the larger, but it also makes me uh, it sharpens my eye. I think it also makes me more wise about what film I choose to use when I shoot. 
And um, I'm more conscious about like what I'm shooting. And that's, I think that's a very important factor of, you know, being from a city girl. Mm-hmm. So, since, since we're already kind of talking about that a little bit, um, I want to I want to stay kind of in that area. Tell tell me about like the the gear that you use and a little bit more about uh, darkroom printing because I'm undipped, I'm unfamiliar, <laughs> and um, and I guess uh, lastly, why film over digital? So my grandfather was a street photographer when he was in college and um, he didn't have a digital camera for a very long time. And I think I, you know, begged for my own camera. And my first camera was a, a, a Nikon. Um, I can't remember which one, but it was a Nikon. It was a 35 millimeter. Um, I didn't have uh, range, you know, I didn't have a range meter. I didn't have a light meter. I didn't have professional studio lights. So that, that's something that just, it feels odd to me. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't give me a better feeling about it or any of that. Um, even now, uh, I shoot Minolta X7000, which is a 35. I shoot my Bronica 64x5, which is medium format. Um, I'm actually looking into getting a large format camera. I know we're <laughs> going to put that on back burner, but I would like to get like a, a four by five or uh, almost like a six by six large format. Yeah. Um, I do now own a one digital camera and it is from the most undigital place. I shoot a Leica M10. And so even the most of best people go, oh, is that a film camera? And I go, no, it's actually digital. Um, Leica has been around for some time and it, it makes, it kind of shoots like a gun. It has a range finder on it. Um, it's very heavy. It's, it's made out of like the most, it kind of almost feels like, um, like a snug nose revolver. Um, and because I actually shoot, it actually feels good to shoot with it. Um, because when you shoot, you always think about the range of something, um, versus focal point. And so I have a, I have a range finder. Um, and that's only because recently during a pandemic, the price of film went up by 30% after, after January. Wow. It went from a $5 roll of film to a $15 roll of film. More people start shooting film just because it's the end thing to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, the companies took that and said, well, we're going to skyrocket our price. So I don't think very, I think very shortly, I'm not saying it's going to die because film is never going to die. But it's going to be become like a, a niche. It's going to become an elite niche place where, unfortunately, you're not going to see people of color or people who don't who are not going to be able to afford it. You're going to see them kicked out first. Yeah. Um, dark room is where the magic happens, <laughs> not just in the bedroom. So <laughs> this is a place where you get to control your negatives. Negatives were not made to be scanned. Negatives were made to be enlarged. You become the editor when you learn how to dodge and burn. Mm -hmm. That is an important art factor. Um, That's something that a lot of people know nothing of. Um, A lot of schools have taken out dark rooms. Very little colleges and universities still teach film and Mm -hmm. actively do dark room classes. Um, It's very little of them, especially in this area. Um, Even though our area is a very um, public uh, communication service area. Like there's lots of 
places like radio, podcasts, television. A lot of these people have no idea anymore about a dark room. It's just, it's just, it's just something they took away from us. It's that we no longer need. And here's some technology and move on. So I'm very happy that I don't offer people copies all the time, but I can actually give them a one of a kind enlargement. Yeah. And that's something I think um, just coming back to owning art is important that you too can buy art. You too can have a black, you know, a black person's work hanging in your home. Um, and you, you deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. Everyone deserves to have art. And, and when I, when I, you're right. Like, there's so much more because you're the first person that I've like interviewed. I've interviewed a fair amount of photographers that has mentioned like dark room, what have you. I, I, I mentioned when I think of a dark room, I think of something in a movie where somebody's like, oh, my God, that's in the corner. We, <laughs> we, we found him. There's the lone gunman or what have you. And, you know, it, it, it's it's a spy thing. But, yeah, it's. They make it in accessibility. And, you know, I've heard the thing about the cost of roles going up um, considerably. And it has made people who shoot and film that much more discerning about what type of shots they're doing. And, yep. you know, it, it definitely changes how you, you approach your, your, your craft, uh, your practice. Um, so let's, let's talk about photographers that have influenced you. And but let's let's add this layer to it. So. Obviously, there is influence from your from your grandfather. So, what photographers have influenced you, and what non photographers, like other people in the arts realm, have have influenced your work? Oh, you asked me my tough question. So, um, my grandfather is number one, the person who turned a camera to me and said, "Here, don't drop it, and but yet do what you want." Mm-hmm. And I took that in a very uh, figuratively form. I took that camera. And I took those cameras and the same camera I had since I was seven and six, I had until I was like maybe 16, 17, which was a long time. I took it to the go-go. I took that camera to um, all all night in Baltimore. I remember taking those those cameras to Georgia Avenue Day in D.C., Caribbean Fest in D.C. I took it to a funeral. I took it to a, a baby shower. I take my camera everywhere. In fact, if you invite me somewhere nine out of ten i'm gonna have my camera on me i'm not gonna have it just to shoot what people want to shoot though yeah i shoot whatever i want to shoot like that's that's just something i do and i always get to capture these moments where later on you know we get to sit around and have a few drinks and pull out the photo book and have a good laugh sometimes people are not alive anymore sometimes people remember that day i fell out of the chair you know those stories and memories you get to have by a picture that's tangible in your hand not on your phone mm-hmm. tangible in your hand are the most priceless moments I can ever ask for um, my grandfather taught me that yeah my aunt is another person where she's another person in family she took a lot of pictures she won't let you take them out of her house but um, <laughs> but she did take a lot of pictures um and I would say professionally, it would have to be Carrie Mae Weems, hands down. Carrie Mae Weems is the first black woman I was ex- exposed to probably around sixth, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And around that time, she had came out with a beautiful series. I can't even remember the name of it. 
Um, and then right after that, she became extremely famous. Mm-hmm. And it was called the Tabletop Series. And it was a series based upon a late 20, early 30, you know, a woman growing through womanhood. Yeah. All from the table. So it was a very one perspective. But you got to acknowledge that women go through a change of an age thing. Yeah. And yet someone loves them and people come over and play cards and some child imitates them and they're doing this all from one perspective. Like people don't see us as, you know, multi-layered. They see us in this one gaze all the time. And she shot this herself, which means that she she's allowing you to see her always just at the table. Like she's living her whole life out in front of you at a table. Mm-hmm. That was the most striking moment for me. Um that I was about to go through some hella changes mm-hmm. and I had to be ready to shoot it. And sometimes that's uncomfortable as hell. Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable that it's not someone else seeing you. It's you yeah. seeing yourself. That's uncomfortable. And to sit with that and to make it look that damn gorgeous was 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 striking to me and it still is um i have a few other um black artists uh painters uh <laughs> uh marshall is one uh mm-hmm. Cleo wiley is another like just striking gorgeous especially from um black men black men have a striking way about their art that is it, it catches your feelings before it catches your eyes and it brings you to a place where you somber inside of yourself and say damn um also poetry poetry is something when i read like paul lawrence dunbar mm-hmm. um when I watch movies like from Holly Garima, when I read, you know, books from Dr. Michelle Wright, I, I have, it's almost like an itch to shoot. Mm-hmm. It's almost like overwhelming to pick up my camera. I, I can't go days without shooting something. I know that may, you know, that may sound small. I'm not a street photographer either. But the way I shoot, it is not, it is, it is a very gorgeous eye. I almost feel like a film photographer, um, like a like a natural movie producer. I feel like the one scene of a picture, I get to show you a whole movie. Yeah. Like I get to show you someone else's gorgeous life. And we're just sitting in a dark theater watching this screen of what someone else did. How do they eat? How do they bathe? Did they brush their hair? How the sun touches their face? How do they touch each other? How do people hug each other? It's 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 to me a very amazing experience to be behind the camera. Um, and it, it feels good. It feels really good. <laughs> so, so with that, I, I want I want to say one thing because you, you you touched on something that caught my caught my attention. Uh, like out of all the stuff you said, it was a, it's a lot lot there to unpack. But one thing that specifically caught my attention, like in a really broad kind of way, was 
um, sometimes when I see myself in a picture, you, you, I don't know what I look like until I mm-hmm. see myself in a picture. And it, it's I, so I can kind of relate to this notion that, wow, this could be, how, how do I feel about it? What does it look like? And when people capture those candid things, like I didn't realize that I smile as much as I do. I didn't realize that I gesticulate as much as I do. And I don't know what to do with my body most of the time. So when people capture me in a picture and it's like, yo, here's some pictures from the show the other night, bro. I'm like, ew, that's what I was doing? You let me do that? You let me look like an octopus or something? Like, what are we doing? And (laughs) But, you know, other people, it's like what they're choosing to capture in, in those moments or to send and to keep. Is it that's what they're seeing me as? Because you may have a perception of who you are and so on that may not jive and match with what they're seeing and what they're choosing to. Because, you know, if you, especially if you're doing digital now, it's a different thing if you're, let's just speak on capturing, right? You know, whatever you get, whatever you see in the end result of what was taken, you're like, oh, so this is what you see. Got yeah. it. And it gives you at least some context, it's almost like looking at game film, at least when you're doing a performance or something, you're like, oh, I need to do less of that. You know what? Different shirts, more black, less colors. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll say that much. Um, and just, you know, when someone has like, as you would describe in a beautiful eye, you're kind of like seeing, seeing a certain thing, whether you're capturing just different moments, because that's really what it is, yeah. it's capturing moments. Yeah. And I, I want to bounce back off what you just said, like the colors. Like I realized like in the 90s, we used to wear so many colors. Like we used to look like a box of crayons. You know, the term in D.C. Bama is a real like that could be a bad thing and that could be a good thing. But, you know, we we provided the actual scene to the movie, to the to the culture to the music, to the art scene. Like, we were the scene. We are the scene. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't need a backdrop. The street is our backdrop. We are the art. Like, we, I think I think visually appealing, we have always been the art. We are gorgeous, beautiful people. We are shades of brown. Even before we get to black, we are shades of black. Mm-hmm. And no matter how light or dark that gets, it's gorgeous. Oh, it is the most gorgeous thing I've seen in so many, you know, ways that I see, especially the women. <laughs> My God, I think that a brother got to be blind to turn down a black. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And a little bit off in the forehead. <laughs> this is very true. Like, damn, this woman is strikingly gorgeous. She can be 400 pounds. She could be four pounds. You still going to look. <laughs> it's something about it, it. It just is. And no matter where I've gone in the world, every there's going to be a strikingly amazing looking black woman. Like you can't, you think you want to turn your head because you know better. <laughs> you know, as, as a person that's, as a person that's, uh, their partner is, is a black woman. I remember like her, her complexion is very close to mine's, but 
I remember I told her one day, I was like, yo, yours is better than mine. So I was like, yo, you like a buttered biscuit. <laughs> like, I, like, I understand we're in the same, like, zone of brown, but your shit's oh. better. It's just better. <laughs> it just, it is. It just, it just glows better. It's just something about it. And so we are our own backdrop. Yeah. And then you put clothes on top of it. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you, it's just... You know, I don't think I got excited as, as much as I did if I do now about shooting people with different designing outfits. When I get out of the country, mm-hmm. people are not afraid to wear bright, beautiful colors. And my pictures come out amazingly gorgeous just to capture them. So, so in that, so is that one of the things that as a photographer, it, it, it changes how you interact with people and in environments like you're like, yeah, I can shoot you or, you know what, just you moving a lot. Let me capture that. Like, how, how does that, you know, so how does having that eye as a photographer change your interactions? Person. And because I'm not like a studio person, mm-hmm. I'm very much so I like to catch people how they naturally are. It is. um it is a really nice thing to just watch someone else's movie without having to direct them in their movie. It's their movie. I know. So you just be catching I, me I, eating the entire time, is what you're saying. Yeah. In fact, when I shoot <laughs> on my digital camera now, when I shoot on my Leica, I shoot in monochrome. I shoot in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I do that purposely because I want to just see what it is for what it is. I don't want to trick my eye and how bright your, your, you know, your hat is or how mute colored your gray sweatshirt is. I just want to see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think so that's now I found a joy into shooting black and white. Like I found it, I find it an absolute divine thing that I can show somebody black and white and you get to feel them as human beings and not see them as something you you want to judge almost i think sometimes we get to a point we judge people we judge them we judge them and the, the more and more you just see things for what they are mm-hmm. the more and more you're going to feel something as a human instead of making a judgment as your ego um yeah. that's been something lately i've been I, I'm, I'm i'm battling with i'm battling with as an artist as a growing artist um i'm i'm there yeah so I got I got two more real questions and then I got rapid fire questions for you. Okay. The rapid fire questions I've been joking. I was like, all of the goodwill that I build in the podcast, I piss away uh, just for context. Uh, so how do you know when an image does not work? It depends on my feelings. Mm. Okay. I've, I've had images for other people. It didn't work for them. That's them. The beauty lays within my own eye and it actually lays inside of my heart. Yes. I may feel like someone else can look at and say, oh, that's a bad image. I can have 20 other people say, that's the best image I think I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And I commonly get that. I get the, I get the latter. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, trust my expertise, trust my background, touch, trust my I've eye. I've so many times to people who don't know me, mm-hmm. especially if they, if they hire me to shoot. I, I always question them. Have you seen my portfolio? Have you looked through my actual pictures before you hire me? Have you taken that moment to say, this is what I, this is what I do. You have to trust my eye. But if you don't trust my eye, I, I, you shouldn't hire me. You shouldn't hire any photographer if you don't trust their eye. Not just because you saw a few pictures. You should actually trust their eyes. 
Okay. That's 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 legit. I, I value that. That's you know, it's the same thing. Like you get into a spot where you're, you know, you're in a cohort that might be underserved, which kind of ties into my next question, but you're in a cohort that might be underserved and it's like, oh, how do I know you're good? It's like you the one wants to hire me. Trust me that I know what I'm doing. There we go. There we go. Because I'm not second chance in my I'm not second guessing myself over here. I'm confident that I have an eye. I'm confident that I have a, a very strong eye. And even on, you know, not I, I almost I'm not gonna be cocky about this, but nine out of ten of my film shots on a medium format, and it's only fifteen shots on a medium format. Mm, I'm gonna go with ten. I'm gonna go with at least eleven out of fifteen shots are perfect. It's pretty good. It's pretty pretty good ratio. Perfect, <laughs> and it's film, so we're not over here doing light Photoshop, light work. You know, light room. No, right. we're gonna develop it. We're gonna scan it, or I'm gonna go straight to enlargement. They're perfect. It's it's essentially like I think film shooters, f- film photographers are like snipers. Oh, I, I often say that too. Don't. I mainly shoot analog. Like I even do um, some projects on Polaroid, um, Insta, Instafilm, um, because of I'm looking for a particular look of it. You know, if that's not your thing, don't don't buy it, don't shoot it, don't hire me. And it's a bunch of us. So um, <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also a member of Black Women Photographers, which people don't acknowledge that there are there are more of us out there than probably the dudes that people keep hiring the same shoot for over and over and over and keep wondering why. Man, I'm looking for a different look. Why does it not look different? Well, we keep hiring the same dudes over and over and over. There's a whole group of us now. We're an organization called Black Woman Photographers. Um, I'm part of a few organizations that I realized, like, they, they for so long, they just dusted us to the side. And they realized, wow, we actually have working talent. Right. God-given working talent. Can't take it away. So so this this is the last real question, and then we, we <laughs> have the rapid fire, and then it, then it'll be some plugs. It'll be some time to plug. Um, <laughs> so I read that you were recognized, obviously, in the intro, uh, Pittsburgh uh, Art Society, uh, Blackest Magazine, and the National Museum of Women in the Arts. I have two S's in it for some reason. I don't know. Uh, how important has it been, has recognition been for you as a black female photographer? Oh, my God. So just to let you know, there's something that I learned a long time ago, like grades are earned. You know, like when you go to college, you earn that class, you earn that degree. You don't, you know, people be like, oh, you just know we ain't in the 70s no more. You earn a degree. You earn it class by class until you make up to the amount of credits. They're going to let you walk across that stage and get that piece of paper saying you satisfied that position. Being recognized is like when you earned it. You earned it. If you didn't do, if you didn't do what, what they keep saying, what's the cliche? A hundred thousand dollars. You didn't earn anything. You just were really good at that one thing, that one time. When most of the most people that you see are getting um, acknowledged and recognized, and I'm sorry to say it, but not in Caucasian societies, but actually because of the sake of art, for the sake of art, you're being recognized by something. Means you earned it. And I was almost at a breaking part, probably right before they recognized me. I was going to just quit. I didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think anybody was going. Nobody was, you know. Oh, and ain't nobody gonna pay you that price for uh, a photography, you know, gig. 
I really felt belittled. And as a black woman, it makes you feel like scum. It makes you feel like dirt. And you're a woman. You're useless. You know, society says you're useless. You might as well just go home, collect your weird face, food stamps, and have all your baby daddies lined up. Like, people treat black women like crap. Even when people have a billion-dollar company, they will hire, hire me to be their receptionist, mm-hmm. not their photographer, not director of photography. They would hire me and underpay me and then treat me like crap. People would say derogatory things to women often. People make sexual suggestions. People still call some grown ass woman a little. Hey, little, hey, little girls. I just saw this yesterday on social media. A woman that's like sixty three years old since some man came in the office and was like, "Hey, girls, what? Hey, girls, girls, girls. Do I look seven to you? I'm just concerned that." So much microaggression happens. Mm-hmm. And when you start to point it out to people, they get angry at first. And then hopefully they go through that psychological process of, of changing their heart to change their mind, to change their, their behaviors. Yeah. Because it's no longer socially acceptable. We're not going for it. We're not laying down no more. Yes, I'm going to have a big voice. You put, you know, put my big pants on, as they say. And I'm going to stand up to it. And if no one hires me, someone finally say, you know what? In the past, I messed up. I overlooked these these people because I thought that they didn't have the education, the talent, the professionalism to handle this style of business. And we do. And what they're starting to realize is that they're shorthanding themselves as a company mm-hmm. to not hire us. You, lo- you realize you're losing money. You could have got billions of dollars more by just how what is these minority diversity? You know, people could have people could have actually had billions of dollars if they had just hired us, to not try to steal our ideas to make movies, music, sound, clothes, shoes, yeah. new culture, rap music. Everybody want to wear a Badu hair scarf. Like, like no. If you had just honored us for who we are as just human beings, mm-hmm. we could easily make your life so much better. But because it because social culture said that this was acceptable to degrade us, call us big lip, dark skin, and all types of derogatory names. Now it seemed like it's reversed. Mm-hmm. It's like they want to be big lip, big butt, big earrings, talk real loud, snap their fingers and say, girl, they into it now. But yeah. by now we're like this. We don't know something else. Y'all know we're something silent. Else. Yeah, we're sure. silent with our passion. We're silent with our talent. And so to me, it was a sign from the most blessed of high to say her, recognize her. <laughs> and, and it was by the person that I look up to, like Larry Mensa, someone who wants to push black art into the world because we deserve to have a spot. We don't deserve to be undercut and be treated and gratefully announced like everyone else as artists. And so um I've taken it as, you know, anyone who features me, I take it as a blessing and a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, I thank you and a blessing. And I learned from there. So thank you for sharing that. And now it is time for some, some rapid fire questions. I got three of them for you. You share some music with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. All right. So this first one, this is a recent addition to it. And this is a new rapid fire question. You'll be the first that's actually getting it. So I want to see how it works. What is the first letter letter 
of your favorite curse word? B. <laughs> That's great. Um, describe yourself in one emoji. In what? In one emoji. The smiley face with the thug tear that come down off of it. That's great. Lastly, um, what is your definition of beauty? Since you have an eye, what's, what's that definition of beauty for you? Beauty is when you see something and you want to hug yourself. You're off, you're off the hot seat. <laughs> so with that being said, um, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite you and encourage you to tell the five folks, the listeners, where to check you out, your work, social media, website, all of that good stuff. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to this podcast. Thank you. I am DC Mamacito on Instagram. I'm DC Mamacito on Cash App and Venmo and Zelle because them dollars need to come over. I am Heal Her Photography, LLC, um, in short, and trademark. <laughs> and that's Heal Her, H-E-A-L-H-E-R, photography.com to see in my projects, see my CV, or even see where I'm up right now at um, different museums and galleries. And I, I don't want to have to, you know, specifically plug those particular places in but if you're in dc i got three shows delaware dover new york union city california um dayton ohio um pompano beach florida so in many 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 other places where people of color are at um to showcase my artwork so i appreciate everyone who turned in today um truth in the art i am definitely feeling it <laughs> i am definitely happy to be on this platform um i've seen other artists on this platform and was like snapping my fingers while they were talking because i was getting into the groove with them so i thank you so much for bringing me on today it is appreciated of your time and standing on your soapbox with you <laughs> well, thank you so much um so yeah i'll wrap there so for uh lisa brown i am rob lee saying that there is art in and around your city you just gotta look for it Bye.